Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 229, with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 229. Every week, we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry and just the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. Our tool for review this week is Social HP, or Social Horsepower. What is it, and what does it do? Well, it's pretty darn cool. One of the biggest things that people complain about well, actually, if you ever to take an audit of most people's desire to do more of, yet if you ask them how to do it, the least knowledgeable of, is social. Um, it, most people, when it comes to running and operating hotels, restaurants, and so forth, uh, their focus is on the operations. Uh, then there's always, of course, the marketing but and sales and, and um, revenue management and all the other disciplines we talk about quite frequently. But social falls into the marketing category, but it also falls into the daily category or the everyone should be ownership of this. Now, you can have your marketing team do this, but no one does social better than people actually at the property. Sometimes it's a pretty sunset over a certain area of the resort. Maybe it's a, a wonderful, beautiful presentation of food or a banquet. Maybe there's somebody that's famous that comes into the rest, uh, the hotel or to the restaurant. Um, all of these things are social worthy, things to be shared. Problem is, is that whoever you have responsible for your social, if you have an actual resource in-house, um, they're not always all in the right place at the right time doing the right thing or the same thing. And you'd love to have your team be able to participate in the social experience. But then comes the rub. Um, how can you have everybody post socially for you on your social platforms without giving them, one, access to the social platform? Two, trust what they're posting is going to be what you would want to post, that it's in the correct voice and imagery and persona that you want the hotel or the restaurant to be represented as. Well, it comes in social HP. Now, up to this point, there have been platforms, enterprise-level platforms, that are very expensive, that have what's called curated social, which is you post things or push things up, and then somebody authorizes the ability for that to be shared and scheduled. Uh, and that's great. Usually very expensive. Well, it's now finally come down to a more reasonable price point. Uh, reasonable being in comparison to the alternatives, I guess I should say. Uh, social horsepower also adds another interesting component, and that is the other thing that catches people with social is the, what do I post? <laughs> now, when it comes to those things, uh, you have to do research. You have to look and see, of course, uh, what's happening in your in your market, um, you know, events-driven things, uh, newsworthy things that you feel are compatible with the imagery of the hotel that you feel you're not just spouting off local stuff and being a, a magpie to this, you know, repetitive voice, but rather uniquely qualified to post about it, maybe even share a perspective on it when it comes to social posts. And each social platform has its own value proposition associated with what it can be done and what should be done for each of the platforms. The real trick is making sure that you have the right content from the right sources. Now, you can find sources that can give you a lot of local information so that you can put it into a schedule, into a calendar, putting it at different times. And we've had uh, other tools on the show that we've talked about that will help you optimize 
what time of day, which day, for what type of content, what type of posting, whether it's video, whether it's image, whether it's just content, uh, what links should go to and so forth. We've had those discussions earlier, but the real issue value proposition of H, uh, Social HP is it gives you a platform that you can mitigate and authorize postings. So when people submit, your team as team members can go over and see something and they take a picture of it and they may make a post of it and they send it into the queue. And whoever has the authorization then looks at the queue and says, oh, this is outstanding. Let's put that on Tuesday at one o'clock on Instagram or at four o'clock on Friday for happy hour um, on Facebook. Or let's, let's, you know what, that's a great one. We should pop on Twitter for whatever the reason. The idea is that it gives you a medium and a platform in which to schedule these things, plus also find additional content that um, maybe you just didn't know about. And that comes from finding great feeds and resources from other places and looking and putting this into the queue as well. It'll actually pull that information over and write the post for you and take an image for you or take the video snip for you and bring it onto the platform. And you can decide whether that's worth you sharing. And if you do, then you can schedule it. And then if eventually, it, depending upon how much time or what resources you have internally, that um, you can actually automate that so that you don't even have to go over give previous authorization. You just simply know that that's always a great feed. And when it comes through, we love sharing that feed at a certain time of day on which a certain platform. And that comes from event-driven things like CVBs, TDCs, and so forth, as long as they're not sharing your competitor's information, but rather general destination or citywide information. Those are great places to just automate the feed so that they get shared by you. So what's the value of all this? Well, twofold. Well, actually, threefold. Twofold is um, where, one, your team can participate and they can become advocates of, of you by sharing content that they discover and they don't need access to your platform to do that. They have simply a, a link that they go to to push it up to uh, for your review. Two, it allows you to find other resources to answer that question of what should I post that allows you to have more than just rate and date and event announcements and so forth, which is so atypical of most hotels and restaurants that all you're announcing is specials and offers and deals and what's coming up. And people really don't engage with that all the time. They need other engagement, authoritative engagement. And that's what the third value of this is. It creates a loyalty to you, a, a, a the, making you the authority of your destination by what you share. So people constantly want to find out what you're posting. So when you do intercede it with other content uh, that is event-driven or offer-driven, they see it in the context of all the other things that they have been following you along with all the while. Plus, the platform has another neat feature too, and it has what's called a gateway page. So you can share content that is from another source, let's say, or even your own source. But before it gets to that source, it'll do an interceded page. will pop up and say, hey, and don't forget your, to book your New Year's Eve package. Uh, or you know, click here if you want to learn more or click here to go to the content that you were looking for. So it's called an interceded gateway page. And that's really incredibly valuable when it comes to keeping your messaging, your marketing message into the loyalty of the organic uh, uh, content that you're sharing for the platform. So that's Social HP at socialhp.com. Like I said, it's a paid for service. They have a free for life, which has five team members and in, in, a platform and it makes it useful and it certainly gives you the opportunity to try to validate it, it to see whether it's a tool that you would like to use and then there's uh, scalability is up to that of uh, higher about that as to how many more team members you have and so forth so that is our tool and review for this week now for this week's hospitality technique okay so um technique things that we do well we've tried to, to, to pattern our tool with using it I wouldn't recommend the tool if I myself am not using it and here I would like to share a little bit of how 
I use Social HP in a team social posting environment for hotels. Uh, as I alluded to in the description of the tool itself, um, you have the ability to have your team members sign in. And by signing in, they're allowed to share content that they find worthy or think of interest to share that then can be uh, mitigated through an authority placement of someone that has to approve it and schedule it. Uh, and so when they think it and what platform to schedule it on, uh, depending upon what they think is the value proposition of what was shared. That is, again, so incredibly powerful. You have, uh, if you have a great culture to your hotel or to your restaurant, there's always circumstances that someone sees or keeps an eye out for knowing that they can share it. And you can build a reward system. As a matter of fact, one of my clients we work with us on this has built a reward system and it's actually built into the platform. You can actually keep track of who shared what and then if it was shared on behalf of the business, how many engagements it created versus views, likes, comments, shares, what have you. And that creates a score system and you can actually reward people based on how successful what they shared was shared by. Uh, and it makes it fun. It's a great incentive program to the employees that think that they find unique things. They begin to look for things like uh, they were noticing a couple, uh, one that won the award last month for this client. Uh, there was a wedding that was out by the beach and they were staff members of this and it all calmed down and so forth. But they ended up getting some amazing pictures of the, the wedding from a third person perspective. Okay, not the wedding photographer and what have you. Far enough away, you wouldn't recognize faces or places, just a wedding on the beach. And it was so pretty. Um, and we asked the permission to share from the, from the perspective of the wedding uh, uh, party. Um, and just really played to the, this is how beautiful it is to have a beach wedding here at the resort. Uh, and they got a great amount of likes and, and engagement. It actually helped with the wedding's um, sales team by being able to point to this on our social content. And what all they did was they, they logged into the app. They posted up, pushed up what they thought would be a good post with the picture that they had. Um, our team member in, on, on, in at the resort reviewed the post, tweaked it a little bit to make sure they had the right voice for the resort, and then uh, scheduled it and placed it out on Facebook, and then placed it on Facebook wedding page that they have because they have so many great weddings to actually put on the weddings page for it as well. And it got picked up. A lot of shares, a lot of comments, and so forth. And because the software, Social HP, actually tracks those engagements, um, the person that took the picture and so forth got a wonderful uh, gift at the, at the end of the month as a, as a thank you for having the most uh, engaged post for the month. They got the most points, so to speak, for what they shared. Uh, so it made it very interesting for them to to uh, participate. And so now, instead of you have one social person that's running around frantically just trying to do canned pictures because, oh, I got to do posts about our tropical drinks, so slap up a couple of tropical drinks on the bar and let me take some pictures and throw it on social going, oh, don't you wish you were here or whatever that mentality was. Instead, you have um, a whole team of people that are... Uh, looking and finding and sharing so you actually have more content than you ever could need and if you do use it you can reward them because we keep track of it so it all works out exceptionally well that this platform does that um, what it also does is they do automated posting with a lot of their destination content um, there's a lot of things that are going on within and around the resort uh, from a localized level and they take feeds from their TDC the Tourism Development Council and their their uh, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and they take a lot of event information that they themselves aren't necessarily having the event, but the event is a great draw for people coming into market. And so they share that from an automated sense. So in addition to them talking about, you know, what rates and dates they're offering or what offers they have and what have you, they're also sharing content that is relevant to people that are interested in coming to the destination, which makes them authority. And that's all helpful for Google. It's all helpful for Facebook. It's all great stuff. So... 
Uh, that's a technical use of uh, the, the platform Social HP. It provides a great resource for organic social. And of course, what organic social is engaged with well is worth boosting, worth sharing, maybe even worth spending money on and making it into an advertisement campaign. So it has an immense value in that size as well. So that is our technique review of Social HP. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. Okay, news and show review. Well, we had a fun show today. We had uh, Katjaya Mohammed uh, Kat, which is the Director of Education at Alhoa, a, uh, the Asian American uh, Hotel Ownership Association. Uh, we also had Robert Cole, the founder of Rock Cheetah. And we had Lily Mockerman, who is the founder of TCRM uh, Services, who is a revenue management yield program. Um, and we had a really interesting conversation. Robert what was saying it was a little news light, but really the, the news that he picked for our uh, curated show um, was very pointed because at, towards the end of the year, we're into this mode of uh, annual review and what happened this year and so forth and so on. But it also means there's a lot of transition points. Um, and the aspect of the show that we found profound, I did, was we're at the end of a decade. We're going into a new decade. And I, I found it hard to uh, internalize that. I mean, I know we're transitioning from one year to the next, but the, the decade transition was an interesting one because... It means that, that there's, we measure ourselves in our life cycles as by the decades that we've lived through, you know, the 80s, the 90s, uh, the 2000s, the teens now, as it were. Um, and for that, we're going into a new decade. And not only the transitions of the annual variations that happen, we're ending our fourth quarter, going to our first quarter, we have new shiny budgets we're going to be working with, you know, new hopes and aspirations, new economies and so forth. But it also means that, that we have to get off the mark on a lot of things that, that we keep just talking about, but not actually move past. And when I referred to that, we had this discussion about advancing the discussion of convergence. We have been talking about convergence for years. I've done it through HSMEI's rocket program, Revenue Optimization, Convergence, Education and Training uh, in 33 cities. And it's the same conversation. It's the building of awareness of the value proposition, creating understanding of the of what uh, the methodology of it is to be done, but we haven't got past the beginning stages of it. And very few people I talk to have actually moved into the advanced stages of doing it and working with it and making it work beyond the basics of, oh, you have that data? Oh, well, I have this data. Let's share this and let's get along. There's a more advanced level of communication that we need to step into. We had that conversation on discussing the advancement of the uh, convergence uh, story and making it a reality for 2020, not just a, yes, it's important for us to understand that this is important. We have to get off that mark. Uh, we also talked about literally the past 100 years of hospitality. We talked how it's transitioned from one, one way to another, and we talked about benchmarks within the hospitality industry, um, you know, times back when marketing was first created 100 years ago uh, for our market, and then also, too, in the advancements in the 60s with technologies, the GDS systems, the brand standardizations of the, of the Holiday Inns and the Howard Johnsons and so forth. Not that there wasn't brands before that, but they weren't into the scale or distribution or franchising that they were, uh, that they became going into the 60s, from the 50s into the 60s and growing beyond and what they are today. So we talked a lot about that. Um, we also talked about real team building and training that works. Uh, Katya, uh, uh, Katya, Kat, I keep saying her name wrong and I do apologize. I even do it on the podcast here. Kat is the director of education for Aho and, and we really pressed her on the idea of, well, how is it that with all the resources that you have and what you're doing, how well can you go over and, and teach and build training that actually works? And that is an important aspect of team building and how well that works. Um, 
we also talked a little bit. Our little rut row of the of the conversation was Travis uh, Travis Kalnick, uh, the guy from Uber. He's getting into ghost kitchens. Now, if you're not familiar with the term ghost kitchen, ghost kitchens are kitchens that are basically built for delivery businesses. They're not really for seating or what have you. They are into the, the we're having a kitchen that has people that are just picking up the food to be delivered elsewhere. And I gave the example of a hotel that we have uh, in market that um, converted their conference space from, they weren't really selling their conference space as strong as they, were, they had historically. There was more competition to market, a convention center came in, so forth and so on. So the conference space sat more idle than it should. And it was a large waste of space that they wanted to still have meeting spaces, kind of like a WeWork mentality, open common areas and so forth. They could uh, use smaller meeting spaces for, but they were taking their ballroom and they're going to convert that over into uh, more rooms. And so with the more rooms came the fact that they had this huge banquet kitchen. And to tear out of kitchen is a, is a major event because you have gas lines, power lines, tile, water drains, so forth and so on. All of that, rather than do that, they decided that they were going to create a ghost kitchen with it. And that they built six menus from this. Now, all the menus were available for all room service. All the menus were available to the two restaurant outlets that they still maintained. But since it was so close to the proximity of the, of the uh, loading dock and so forth, because it was a banquet kitchen, it was meant to be for banquets, um, it really meant that, th that they could build basically delivery stations off of their, their loading dock, that the Uber Eats, the Grub Hubs, and everybody else could come up to their own stations. They standardized their, their methodology for not just doing food that you can transport in styrofoam, no styrofoam, all recyclable stuff based on the city they're in. That was very important. Um, but more importantly, also great food that looked good, even though it had to be transported. And once they tackled all that down and made that available, they turned incredibly successful in converting their banquet kitchen into a ghost kitchen. And the reason why this is applicable to Travis Kalnick's is because he went from Uber, you know, the guy that built Uber, uh, so to speak, and he's moving into the world of ghost kitchens. He's looking that that's the next move in is to do something like that. So that's where the conversation came up. And that's our bit of our show review. The, uh, uh, the next is news. Okay, so the one news item we're going to take out from all of this is our discussion about the CCPA. If you're not familiar with CCPA, that is the California Consumer Protection Act. As of January 1st, it goes into effect. Now, it won't get its real teeth until July, so you have six months to work into this program. But this is different than the GDPR. GDPR, okay, was meant on to, to, to determining how data was being handled and stored. The uh, CCPA is about who you're selling it to and how you're, you're, you're using it. Now, the variations to this is, like, for instance, the GDPR is if you're in violation of that, and we've had many instances of that since its inception, is that you can be fined 5% of your gross income up to of global income and or $20 million, whichever is higher. The CCPA allows for people to do individual lawsuits, individuals. I have a problem with my data and what you're handling with. And the fines can go from, I, I, you're not handling well, I can charge you a few hundred dollars up to 20, you know, from $25 to $7,500. And the other is I can actually create a class action lawsuit, which technically means I can make you go bankrupt by taking all your money. Because if I find out that you were willfully mismanaging my data, and you didn't dispose of it the way that it was supposed to, or you sold it inappropriately, and I do a class action lawsuit, I can literally bankrupt your company by creating a class action lawsuit. It's very powerful. A lot of big companies are looking for the feds to come in and create a standard uh, countrywide um, guidance on this because 27 other states right now are looking at what they're going to be doing 
uh, like the CCPA. But CCPA affects everybody because it's not just whether you're in California or not, but how you handle the business. You can't control if you're in or out of California when you're dealing with data. So it's very important you understand that the CCPA is now coming in behind GDPR and that there's other ones that are also trying to mitigate that. So be mindful of those. Anyways, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Podcast Breaker, Acast. The list just literally goes on. Uh, actually, over 36 different platforms and counting. Uh, we're even on Amazon Alexa. All you have to do is say, hey, Alexa, play Hospitality Marketing Podcasts or the latest Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and it'll play the latest one. And Google Assistant's coming up soon with that. So no matter which one you use, if you like our show, please, please, please rate us and leave a comment. That's how people find and discover us. And we certainly take uh, your comments and in insights seriously. We'd love to know what it is you're thinking about. So if you have any suggestions, please let us know. And uh, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe on any of those platforms, any of the 36 platforms that you may have discovered us on, uh, to be able to go over and subscribe to us so you'll get our weekly podcast fed right into your podcast player. So for an archive of all previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget our live video talk show that you can join and participate in every Friday at 1130 Eastern US called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. Simply go to uh, www.hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. There you'll see an archive of all previous 229 shows. And of course, we thank you for the privilege of your time. And we will talk to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. Show 229. Brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing. In support of the HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All rights reserved. Copyright 2019.